What a G. Well, you're sending locked into the Pretty Girl Problems podcast. Yeah. With myself, Naomi Bellu, aka the Diva Baby. Thanks for tuning in. Okay. So, the art of vulnerability, my dear. The art of vulnerability. Because there is an art to it. I, I, I think what well, a lot of people see me to be a person who really has mastered the art of vulnerability but you'll be surprised to find out that I'm not good I'm not as good as being vulnerable as people think I am so when I am vulnerable for example like now I'm I'm you know putting myself out here on my podcast or I'll you know share some of my stories on my social media or even in like speaking to people I feel very comfortable exposing some of my truths and some of my realities um but the more and more I attend um counseling the more I realise that I'm a very controlling person and I always do things within my control. So I never kind of give off more than I can, you know, I never bite more than I can chew. And there are aspects of me that are very scared of being vulnerable in certain um, capacities. Um, And in those capacities, I just show my bravest face. And you can't do that for too long before you turn into somebody who isn't human. Um, hold on, let me unlock my phone. Because I, I made some notes because I really want to make sure that I address everything that was said. It's so hard because sometimes when I'm in counselling, I'm, I'm speaking, but I do this thing where I, I slightly detach myself. I'm already starting to think, okay, how can I use this to, you know, what's the word that I can use to really explain that? Okay, scrap the therapy. Like, let's say for example, let's say some for example, I like, argue with my best friend. Rather than 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 marinating on that argument, I think to myself, okay, what can I, what can I, how can I use the situation to like help me or to help others? I really start thinking about the lessons that are hidden within the argument. I start reflecting and stuff. And obviously, we've already spoken about you know my slight obsession with like self reflection and kind of dissecting interactions and studying human behaviors. Um, to kind of make me feel powerful but in this session with my counsellor we actually identified that I do all of these things I I, I dissect and and download all of this information in hopes of trying to protect myself from something still trying to identify what that something is and the more I attend I'm sure I'll get some answers but um this this counselling session has been very eye-opening for me number one because this is only just my my third session now, I was supposed to have my third session, I think, last week, but I didn't go because I was in a dark place. And, um, I'm a very, I have a very big personality. I, I find myself to be the life of the party, even when I don't understand how I am. Um, and it's funny because I actually had a loose conversation. I was, I was hosting, um, well, I was interviewing, um, candidates and artists and judges at the come up and I was having a loose conversation with someone who asked me two two questions and I was I was very curious to find out why they asked me those questions they asked me um one am I happy and when people ask me these questions I have a generic answer that I give and I don't know what that says about me I don't know if that makes me disconnected from my truth but I always say I'm as happy as I'm supposed to be and I think the reason why I say that answer is because I remind myself because sometimes people will ask that sometimes people ask you that question and you'll either you know robotically say I'm fine without thinking about how you really feel about or whether you're really happy or you'll say you're not and then 
I don't like the idea of saying I'm not happy because I feel like I'm allowing the universe to direct my narrative. So when I say I'm as happy um, as I'm supposed to be, I feel like I'm still allowing my happiness to be in my own control. So I still get to choose whether or not I am happy or not. And in, in essence, for me, that gives me the perspective of choosing a positive mind frame and positive thoughts for the most part equal, you know, positive actions, positive, positive perspectives and and so and so forth. Um, and then they said, and then I said to them, why? I asked them why they asked. And then they said, because you look like the type of person who is like people see as like the light, like when you come, you're a breath of fresh air, but then you're the type, of, then you might be the type of person who when they go home, they're like, and then I finished their sentence by saying, I go home and sit in a fetus position and cry. But I said that with a smile on my face because it's just playful. Um, but I really, and then they, they, they use the term, um, the a crying clown. And I really, really like, I find that, that concept sexy as fuck, like the crying clown, because I can visualise it straight away. It's like that meme that everyone has on Twitter of the, the stick person with um, the mask that's smiling and behind it they're crying. And I don't necessarily feel like I'm, I'm a crying clown, so to speak. Because I feel like I experience highs and lows just like everybody else. But I definitely can identify with the idea that when I go places, people expect for me to be, you know, the life of the party. And I, I, I happily wear that hat because I genuinely enjoy being able to put a smile on people's face. I enjoy being strong so that other people can like, feed off my strength and it inspires them to be strong. And then, of course, I go home and it's like I have to dissect myself and my truth. Um, anyways, I'm waffling as I do. Let's get straight into it because I made notes, as I said. I was trying to find the notes so I can tell you. Cool. Um, where should I start? Okay, my brain is a computer. Everybody's brain is a computer. And I was talking to the counsellor and then he was... We were trying to get to the root of why I overthink or why I think so much. And then I'll give you a bit of background. So I said to my counsellor that when I was younger, um, when I'd get in trouble, I'd obviously, like, I'd get sent to my room. And more time, I just remember sitting down and doing nothing. And obviously, you're just, your thoughts are just there, like, running, 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 running. And then I think by the time I got to, like, maybe, like, eight, nine... When I'd get told off and sent to my room, I'd, I'd, write, I'd start writing, whether it's poetry, whether it's writing in my diary, or just, like, you know, writing short stories, I'd write stuff down. And then, if ever, like, you know, well, not that you know, but I don't, like, sometimes when parents punish you, they want to make sure you, they really heighten that experience for you, so they want to make sure that you're not having any type of fun. And I guess... You know, you walk into a room and you see your, your daughter is happy in her room because she's now writing. You might take a pen or take the paper just so she understands that she hasn't been sent to her room, you know, to be creative. She's been sent to her room to, to, to think about what she's done. So then I'd start to think. So if I didn't have access to a pen or paper and I couldn't read, I'd start thinking about what I'd want to write. And I guess that's when I kind of like mastered the art of thinking. It's like, okay... You can take everything away from me, but you can't take my ability to think. And then slowly but surely, you know, I became the quiet child. If you ask any of my family members, like my aunts and uncles, or anybody who knew me when I was younger, they would describe me as the, a quiet child. They, they're even sometimes surprised when they see me now, and it's like I have this big mouth and big personality, because when I was younger, I just wouldn't speak, because I felt like, why would I speak when I could just think about what I have to say? You know, I can validate myself in my thoughts. Um... And I guess 
it's stuck with me now. Like, people think I don't care. People think um, I'm not attached. People think, you know, that I'm I'm a robot. But it's just that I just, I, I, I low-key struggle sometimes with articulating what I have to say just because I'm better at thinking about things. Um, and, and then my counsellor gave me this analogy. When I told him that I've been in my room for a month, he said, number one, that's toxic. Number two, that shows that you feel like you don't have anybody that can be there for you. And number three, that you don't know how to be vulnerable because you feel like you can't go into the world and show that you're currently in a bad place because you're used to everybody. You're used to, you feel like you're under pressure to be strong all the time, which is something that I, I knew already. Um, and then he said, um, you're a problem solver. So your brain is like a computer and what happens is that you're so busy, you know, opening tabs that sometimes you end, your computer ends up crashing because you just need a minute to download all your experiences and process them. And maybe that's what happened to you in the month of June. And I'm like, fuck, I probably didn't think about it that way. Like, that's mad. Like, sometimes I really just crash because I need to close some tabs in my head that like, there's too much happening or I haven't had time to process some of my experiences. And then I, I'll just feel like an overwhelming feeling of of sadness or of like confusion or of like feeling unworthy or doubtful just because I've spent so much time you know giving out energy and not you know feeding myself it back that I get low um and then he said but imagine doing all the work and not printing or sending so what he was then trying to say is that thinking is just thinking that there's no actual result as much as I feel I get closure from thoughts as much as I feel validated by my own thoughts it's literally like writing a 3,500 word essay and not submitting it you've done nothing the submission of all of the work you've done is what feeling is because I remember asking you what is feeling not really understanding what feeling is or the purpose of feeling feeling is the real validation um it's like, it, it's defining yourself. It's like making it real. Um, I don't know. I really do struggle with vulnerability because I don't know how to be weak. I don't know how to be anything but strong. And it's actually jokes because just today, this is going to turn into another conversation because, um, so I, so I, serial dating, there's, this come this this topic today is gonna just just stick with me okay, okay I have a lot of thoughts going through my mind and I don't know where to go with it so I've always said that I don't really get serial dating I don't think I'm good at serial dating um I can be talking to three guys um and before you know it I'll just cut off the two because I'll be feel more invested in one than the other and I always feel like let's say all three guys text me at this exactly the same time if there's one person that I'm more in, like more excited to, to like to to open whose message I'm more excited to open that's the person I should kind of like give my attention to because other people I'm just kind of like like pulling their strings and I'm not an advocate for like playing games um so my inability to um serial date meant that when I was already in my low place in June and me and this person kind of like stopped speaking it heightened my experience and then I'm speaking to them today and they're saying something like, um, I knew, like, I know, I know you're okay because you, 
something like so he said something like and you i knew you were gonna be okay and that hurt my feelings because i hate that people think i'm always going to be okay even though i know i'm always going to be okay i'm i'm I hate that because I show people that I'm strong, people expect me to be strong all the time. And it's almost as if people don't worry too much when they, 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 they contribute to um, my emotional deficit because they know that I'm reflective, they know that I'm wise, they know that I'm emotionally intelligent and I know how to process things enough for me to be okay. I don't always want to be strong. This is pretty good problems as fuck. Like, I sometimes want to just take off my wig take off my bra, take off my eyelashes and really just be me and sometimes that me, being me means being you know that little girl that was never heard or wasn't validated or who wasn't allowed to speak to, who didn't feel loved you know sometimes that's who I want to be but I don't always feel like I have the freedom to be that because people are too busy loving me being strong um I don't know I just feel like not all communication is spoken and I guess as of late I've really tried to learn how to rely on people um I told my counsellor that you know even though I was by myself for most of the month I, I did try and make active efforts to tell two of my friends that I'm sad and what that did then is create space for them to be there for me and they call me even when I'd air their calls they'll 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 snap me they'll come to my house and even though when they'll come to my house I'll snap back, right back into my host mode of like you know do you guys want food you know being the clown making them laugh I just appreciated having people around who I knew were there because they knew I needed them to be there even though you know I was trying to avoid having conversations with them about how I really felt it was just nice to know that they were there in, in physicality, you know, their presence meant the most. And I just didn't know that, I I just didn't know that I didn't know how to be vulnerable. Because like I said, everyone else tells me that, wow, you, you really like, uh, your vulnerability inspires me. But I honestly don't think I'm being vulnerable when people think I am. Um, and I always, and, and I guess maybe that's why I thought I was good at being vulnerable because, you know, my my understanding of of vulnerability was defined through others. So it, it heightened my detachment from what I was really feeling. Um, do you know what it is? I'm scared. I'm scared that... Um, I'll tell you a story, actually. I've moved into this new place now and there's seven people that live here and you know I always try and build genuine authentic relationships and off, like show my best face and vibe out with people. There are a few people in the household that I vibe with and you have these conversations we're comfortable with you know we'll make jokes and now one of my housemates thought um, it was fun he, he thought it was fun. I was making food basically and he thought it was funny to lift the foil off the rice that I was making and I felt like that was mad invasive like don't touch my food don't and then he was like turning down the heat it was a very very minute scenario but I then went ahead and told him that I didn't find it funny and that he shouldn't touch my food and then he decided that he wanted to call me miserable and that really like resonated with me because I don't because I felt like you don't know me and you've decided to call me miserable you know like how the whole angry black woman thing that the world likes to do 
So I felt personally attacked. I'm like, bro, are you all right? Like, you're the one that's invading my personal space. I get that word, building a relationship with friendly, but definitely don't be touching my food and that. Um, and then you want to go ahead and call me miserable. But what I realised straight away in that moment, when I couldn't let go of the word miserable, is that I was... There was something inside of me that felt rattled and it didn't come from him. Like, he was just like... Uh, I can't think of the term right now. He was like maybe like um, a vessel... So there was something that was buried within me. Somewhere in my heart, I felt like people misunderstand me and think I'm angry and think I'm this cool person. And I was using that moment with my housemate to um, to release that. So I then decided... So in that moment, I felt like, fuck you, you're written off. You clearly are mad because, like I said, you want to invade my personal space and call me miserable. I'm not speaking to you again. Next day, I've made um, peach cobbler now. I've made too much peach cobbler and I'm walking around the house asking the rest of my housemates if they want some. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I'm not asking this dickhead after he try to fucking judge me. That was one side of my, my mind. The other side of my mind was like, well, the only way to rectify this false judgment that he's made of you is to do something to rectify that. So I'm like, fuck it. Let me offer the, the neighbor fucking peach cobbler, innit? Boom. Offer him the peach cobbler. He seems shocked. He's thinking that doesn't really make sense. Yesterday we kind of had a bit of a tiff. Now you're giving me um, peach cobbler. And when I'm speaking to my um, counsellor by, he asked me why I did that. And then I said that I have a fear of projecting my childhood onto other people. Um, and then he said that I should be very proud that I actively seek to deny myself of my past pains. But he said that they're still the same book, that's still who you are, you can't completely disattach yourself from what happened, and the only way to really not project your insecurities on other people is to deal with what happened in the past, boom, light switch, oh, you know, the light just turned on, it's like, oh, that makes sense, I feel validated, and then I go on, um, then I go on Twitter, where's the picture even, I need to read this to you, because I really felt personally attacked, I literally felt personally attacked, hold on, this is, um okay it says uh today's card <clears throat> if you act like you're fine when you're not don't be surprised when other people don't show up for you how you need them you show up look up uh, look into your own cup figure out what you want and need ask for it concealing or denying your needs is emotional unavailability and i said excuse me Excuse mother, but especially the the last one that said concealing or denying your needs is emotional inavailability or unavailability, and I just felt like my whole life for my my whole life from the age of like fifteen has been a lie. Like that this this forcing myself to think and not really articulating how I really feel has has made me a robot, really and truly. I've become. And the only thing that's given me a slight relief is that when my counsellor said that um, he's he I should be proud that I was that um, oh sugar what did he say there was something specifically that he said wait let me go back to my notes can you hear my belly rumbling I'm so hungry um, so he said <coughs> no. We spoke about my fear of, of being misunderstood comes from my relationship with my mum. And again, I have to give you context, otherwise it sounds like I'm acting. So I don't feel like my mum knows me, and I feel like my nature, my character, if I was to sit 
directly opposite my mum, or even if I was in the house for a week with my mum, and she would be able to identify that something was either great with me or not good with me, just because I'm her child, that you're able to identify that your child is either happy or sad, or if your child was to lie, you would know that they're lying because that's your child. But in terms of my actual identity and my character, um, I don't think she knows me. I don't think she gets me. I feel like her and my sister have always had similar traits. Her and my sister, you know, they're very girly. They're very... They have. They just have similar similar interests. They're really, like, into, like, being glam all the time. Um, whereas me, I've always been, a, like, relatively a bit of a tomboy. Um, I have no issues whatsoever going to the shop in my head tie and my fucking slides, whereas for my mum, they used to be like, a woman should, Naomi, you can't go out like that, this, that and the other, girls your age are dressing this way, why don't you try and do this, that and the other, and I don't think she intentionally did it to try and make me feel bad about myself, because I, I honestly believe that my, everything that my mum has done, without crying, give me a sec, <laughs> without crying, I, I honestly feel like everything that my mum has done, she's done with good intentions, she's done to, you know, she's done, she's, she's done the best that she's can, she, she could, basically, um, but, of course, like, any time you could, if you ever are to compare your child to other people, the only thing your child is going to think is that how they are isn't a good way, or that they're not good, or they're not enough, yeah, sounds obvious, but for anyone, we move, um, so, what that, what that then did, wow, I'm popping in my fingers, isn't it? What that then did is it made me feel like if somebody who has birthed me and who knows me can't love me the way I am or doesn't understand me, I would have to, I would have to go out of my way to make other people understand me. So that's why I get really scared of like being misunderstood and like always trying to like right my wrongs. I'm always trying to, you know, show people that have all of these different personalities that they can just try and accept me. Yeah, that's that. Um, and yeah, I guess what my uh, so I was trying to say that when my counselor said that I have a fear of being misunderstood because I didn't grow up with my dad. So even though I know that you know, things happen in relationships and my dad didn't leave me, he left my mum, I couldn't help but feel like my, my dad didn't love me and then obviously you grow up with your mum and then you have these conflicts and then it's like your mum's comparing you either to other people or comparing you and your sister to each other, you feel like you're not enough so you grow up thinking that you're not and then you, you go out your way trying to prove that you are. So when he said that I literally, I was like I'm going to cry get the tissue and I started kind of wiping it and then he said you should be proud that you were able to let your tears flow because it shows that you still you care and um yeah I, I, I honestly feel like in the last how long have we been speaking the last 23 minutes I'm very much just waffling but I guess what I'm trying to say is just that like everything is so connected it's mad and you think you are good at coping you think you are good at um dealing with things when you've you've just created a space a, a safe space to survive and I'm sick and tired of surviving like I don't want to survive I want to live and then what I've realized in that moment with my housemate and the peach cobbler is that I'm tired of allowing other people to define 
me and to dictate my narrative and my reactions. Like, I get sad often when I feel like I'm misunderstood because obviously I know myself, like, I know that I'm dope, I know that I'm funny, and I'm not perfect, I have anger issues, I can be quite rude, I'm very blunt, and the rest of it, like, um, I can be quite cold, I don't always know how to have compassion in some situations, um, but I'm nice, you know, and the more I get hurt in life, whether it's by family, whether it's by men, or even in, like, other, in, like, friendship scenarios, I find myself, like, trying to toughen up so that I don't experience it again, and I even saw a, a tweet the other day that says, protect your heart, um, and then I realised that you can't protect your heart, we're all subject to pain, like, you have to just literally live and allow things to be what they are, um, because you, you you can't afford to be a robot because even that becomes draining like being on autopilot is fucking exhausting as fuck not caring is exhausting as fuck and and it doesn't make life worthwhile it doesn't give anything any meaning so if we go back to this thing that i said about us being computers what is the fucking point of writing a fucking dissertation Ten thousand words and don't submit it are you all right why would you do that just why? And I, I don't know. Maybe that's all I have to say today. Like, and I don't even know if there's any substance to what I've said. I just feel like there's, there is an art to being vulnerable. And you really have to allow things to be outside of your control to really do the real work. Because anything that's within your control is light work. You can do that shit in your sleep. Yeah, you can, like, you know what I mean? Like, from, from when I can give a, a robotic response as, such as I'm as happy as I'm supposed to be, you're not a real person. You ain't being human. Like, bro, how do you really feel? you get like make that phone call call your friends like and I'm not saying like my friends will tell you <laughs> my friends will, will, will message me like oh this guy still like hurt my feelings he ain't replied da, 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 and I'm, I'll reply like you lot are still letting niggas hurt your feelings but that's not real life because somewhere along the line someone's hurt my feelings and I just haven't allowed myself to really process and dissect that situation or identify I haven't done the work I might have thought about it I might have dissected it, I might have tried to rationalise the situation just to give me closure so I can sleep at night, but I haven't felt it. And when you don't feel, what what next? Like, what's the point? You might as well give up and start living on the street and just, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. It's t- vulnerability is very te- is, is techy, and I very much look forward to um, my next therapy session. Because for the f- in, in that session, I did more listening than I did speaking, and the more I listened, the more I heard myself, I heard who I am, I heard how I function, and it's great, don't get me to, don't get twisted, because a lot of people that don't know how to process their thoughts the way I do, um, but the way my counsellor described it, he said, right now, you've done a very, you're in, your, your brain is in loop, which is fantastic, you know how to make your brain work, but you need to now get into your heart and make that loop, and connect the two loops together, so I'm currently working on feeling more, being more, um, allowing people to be there for me, you know, there's this narrative or concept out that strong people don't have strong people, we do have people, they're just, they might not be as strong as us, but we definitely have people, and we have to find those people and use them the same way they use us when they need us, um, I saw something else on Instagram that said, um, pay attention to who's around when you're at your best, and I just want to let that marinate with you for a second. Pay attention to who's around when you're at your best. And another quote that I want to give to you um, is one of my most favourite quotes ever. I don't know where I saw this, but I think I bumped, I would have, like, 
found it maybe two years ago and I'm going to get it tatted because I, I just love it so much. I want to be able to look at a part of my body one day and just see it and be reminded. Um, and the only reason, before I say it, <laughs> I know you think I'm waffling, just say the fucking quote, Bob. Um, the only reason why I love it so much is because as much as, you know, it took me... And by the way, when I say that I was in a dark place, I was not. I didn't leave my house for a month. I haven't been that low in like two years. I've done a very good job of being able to snap out of my like procrastination or like quote unquote depression or like anxiety phases um I don't know why I think I, I'm not I can't pretend and act like this yeah I was starting to I was starting to feel a bit invested in someone and us not being in a good place threw me off um and it just heightened me not feeling great which is natural I'm a woman yeah I try to act like I'm stiff and I don't care and I just take bare people's sons for either. <laughs> joking! Joking! I'm not even a dickhead like that, you know. Ask around. I'm actually, I'm cute. I'm nice. I'm not even. <laughs> Anyways. What was it? With the quote? The quote. Oh, so yeah. It's okay to sometimes take a minute to download closed tabs and process yourself. Yeah. There were three seasons. They will tell you that there are only two seasons. Times of labour and times of harvest. There are three seasons. Rest is in between labour and harvest. You have to wait. You get, like, you have to wait. You have to let things happen. Um, the quote is this. Sometimes when you're in a dark place, you think you've been buried when in actuality you've been planted. I added actuality just to add more body to the quote. But, yeah. Sometimes, when you're in a dark place, you think you've been buried when really you've been planted. And I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel after procrastinating, being, you know, depriving myself of, 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 of um, interactions. That I just needed a minute, a minute to figure myself out and to think about how I really feel. <clears throat> and to think about who impacts me and why and what that says about how I really feel because honestly half of the time I can't tell you how I feel I am in autopilot mode of like okay what's next okay cool that happened boom dissect it boom 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 problem solved next problem that's honestly how I am um but yeah I'd hate to waffle and to repeat myself but we 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 just need to we need to let go we need to get rid of this idea that we have to toughen up every time we get hurt or that we can't wear our hearts on our sleeves because you know it makes us more subject to pain than other people because I, I promise you you cannot this this thing that we're trying to run from pain and death you can't run from it bro in this life you'll get hurt more than once and you will definitely die <laughs> so you might as well just live your best life and experience everything for what it's supposed to be rather than for what it's what you think it's supposed to be you know what i'm saying um yeah, I think I wanna ident. I wanna, I wanna talk to my inner little girl more and tell her that it's okay that we made it. You know what I'm saying? That she doesn't have to be strong when she doesn't want to be anymore. You know, and that she's heard now, and that she has a voice. And anybody who doesn't want to listen to her was never supposed to hear her in the, in the first place. She's, and anybody who doesn't love her the way she is was never meant to 
anybody who doesn't understand her wasn't meant to and that's okay that all of these things are okay I'm not going to say that it's okay to feel like my parents don't understand me or to feel like my parents I'm not going to say that they don't love me but they don't know my love language um and that makes me feel understood and I feel like that greatly impacts how I live my day to day and how I treat other people that's not okay but the fact that I'm able to identify that the issues that I have and I'm able to you know identify exactly how they're connected I think is a step in the right direction and I'm very proud of myself. <laughs>